Oh damn, we're in trouble now. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of We're in Trouble Now. That we're we're in trouble now. Robert's just sitting here smiling at I me. I just I, I, you call it an addition every time. It's like okay, well then. Hi, episode? welcome back to another. I don't know. I I, I like think welcome of to it. another installment. <laughs> yeah, I always have like this idea of like you know like like an addition like like some I don't know like seventies like TV program where yeah. you know kind of like Dateline. Okay, you think this is a lot like Dateline? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Give me a break. Okay, episode. Welcome back to another episode of We're in Trouble Now. Yeah. And apparently, along with that theme, I'm always in trouble now. Well, it's it's not that you're always in trouble. It's just that you always put yourself in the hot seat. Okay. Yes. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like that one character mm-hmm. that, like, in the cartoons, is kind of like... Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because you and Brandon make fun of me for not knowing, like, you know, like, being aware of my social surroundings. But, like, you do not know how to read social cues. Well, I do. I think I'm, I, you know what, considering I think I do pretty good on social cues. I just, No, you do not. You know what? I just approach them differently than no. you do. Well, you know, here's the thing is maybe you pick up on the social cues, but you're like, you know what? Those don't apply to me. Okay. I will give you that much because I always, you know, there's that old saying like a bull, you're like a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. We, I do kind of walk around with one foot in my mouth continuously. Yes, you do. But I'll give you that much. But that's all part of my charm. Is it? That's all part of my charm. How so? It makes me endearing. No, how? How? <laughs> how does it not? I mean, truthfully, it, it's kind of like I'm like that lovable character on the sitcom. I don't think that. I, I think that's how you see it. Yeah. But Brandon and I are like, no. Well, I'm your mom. You, No matter who or what I am, you would be like, ugh, there's my mom. That's true. Yeah. You know, so it's that's just I mean, I know like people are always mentioning to you like, oh, my gosh, it must be so cool having, you know. Yeah, that's the one that kills me when you're like, come on, say hi to my TikTok slide. They're like, how cool is your mom? Like, uh, you're like, yeah, not on the on the cool meter. She's like negative two. Well, it's yeah. Well, I mean, every child's embarrassed by their parent. You know, like I'm sure like Mark Wahlberg's kids are embarrassed or like Gordon Ramsay's kids are always embarrassed. Like, No, I've seen them on TikTok and they look pretty proud of their parents. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we're doing it wrong. Or... Yeah. And you know what? And that's just always been one of the things like I've tried to be very conscientious mm-hmm. um, of you and, and of you and Brandon, especially um, because it's like. You know, I was a single mom growing up or when you were growing up Mm -hmm. and I was always I never wanted to be like I just never wanted to embarrass you guys, which I'm sure I did during all those drinking years. But complete opposite. Most of the time (laughs) I remember like sometimes I remember there'd be times where it would be like, you know, bring your dad to school day and you're like, I'll be your dad. And I was like, great. Cool. Can't wait to have all the other dads hit on my make believe dad. This will be sick. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. You know, it's just I tried to I tried to fill that gap that you didn't have with your dad mm. so i probably just like, made I'll things just be double embarrassing i'll just make things worse that will make things yeah. better yeah yeah well um i guess we can you know it was our birthday this week mm-hmm. and i i turned 57 you did happy birthday thank you and you turned 31 i did happy birthday well, thank you and I've, you know, I've been wanting to, um, I've been wanting to ask you a question. Okay. So last week we touched on, um, like I gave you my advice. We kind of touched on that whole like society thing and people putting too much pressure mm-hmm. on, especially young people to be at a certain place at a certain age. And I gave my reaction and kind of like my, what I always say, but we never got to hear your thoughts on that because I mean I know that you're 31 now Mm -hmm. and conventionally speaking you're doing you're living life your way sure is that really hard I mean do you find a lot of social pressures in this like in in what way well I mean because it's like all your friends that you went to high school with Mm -hmm. are now married with kids sure I mean do you feel any pressure to be doing the same thing um I don't feel a pressure I mean do I want would I want children like sure one day you know and 
do I want to be married? Yeah, sure. One day. But I think it's a lot. I think life's a lot about timing. You know, once it has to be what's right for you. You know, you can't really rush that kind of stuff. And and I definitely don't want to be rushed into, you know, finding a wife or finding, you know, and having kids and then not being at that stage of my life where that's where I need to be. Because I think it's all about, you know, like where where the it best fits you and, and where you're at in life. And right now I'm I live a very free, very like um whimsadaisical life where you it's are like, very free. Yeah, where I, you know, I, I really don't have any responsibility to be in any one place so I get to be everywhere and and I really enjoy that and not to say that I wouldn't want children not to say that I wouldn't want you know a wife but no I don't really feel any social pressure mostly because the people and my friends that I do end up talking with they hey man how's it going and they're like oh man you know just grinding and nobody nobody seems happy and you know if that's what society deems like successful or if that's what society thinks is what should become of me and then I you know I'm okay with not being a part of that in that box okay and the reason I think that's really cool because it's like that's like the number one question that Mm -hmm. I get a lot because even but do you think it's you do you think it's easier for you to say like yeah sure these are the social pressure you know these are the social conventions Mm -hmm. um do you think it's easier for you to say like I don't care I'm gonna live my life my own way because I'm doing that or do you think if i because i mean i know sometimes parents put a lot of pressure on their children sure you know if i was all like oh be married have a grandbaby you know i want a grandbaby do you think that that would be affecting your happiness level no well if you said that to me i would still it would still be no just because i don't really listen to you most of the time that yeah so like so if you were like oh i want a granddad or baby i'd be like yeah whatever add to the list of things i'm not listening to you know um but I really don't think there'd be like any other pressures and not to say that like I live like this, like, oh, I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not this, I'm not this superhero. That's not, this, this isn't real. You know, that, that wouldn't be real life if, if I was to be on this podcast and be like, I've never succumbed to any social pressure or social cues because yeah, you know, obviously, you know, you see people, you know, and they have certain achievements or certain milestones in their life. And, you know, it's, it's, it'd be unhuman for me not to want or like, you know, be like, oh dude, you know, like. I could be low-key jealous about things like that. So that's, you know, you have to acknowledge that. But if that's, I wouldn't like think that'd be pressure. Yeah. Because um, you know what? It's like, I don't know if you if you were aware of this or not, but Barbu definitely put the pressure on me to get married. Sure. You know, she she thought it was the right thing to do. So, I mean, I'm totally glad I did because I have you and Brandon, but I still remember just being like constantly like, like, um, pressured to to get married and then it was like oh well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do you know it was just it's just kind of weird because I've really tried to never do that to you and Brandon so did that okay so but then so did that pressure of Barbu asking you telling you to have grandkids make it so that like you were like well I'll never do that to my children kind of thing because I know how sometimes mm-hmm. like you know kids growing up and their parents are like you have to clean or like you know kind of like make them a little you know really strict households they tend to like go the opposite when they move out so like messy kids tend to have like stricter parents mm-hmm. or things like that did that kind of like affect you oh 100 yeah. you know but a lot of my childhood affected the way that i parented you and brendan mm-hmm. you know it was so structured and it was so um just bound by rules that sometimes i think i went too far the other way like in which way well, I mean, I, I mean, basically rules were like something somebody else did. For yeah, you we really Brandon. didn't have a whole lot growing up. Yeah, just don't kill each other was basically your only rule. That was rule. the one rule, yeah. And don't get caught. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing, don't get caught. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, in my mind, I was trying to give you the freedom to develop and to be your own person. Mm-hmm. But probably in yours and Brandon's mind is that you were like, oh, well, my mom doesn't care about what I do, you know. And it's just, you know, looking back on it now, it's kind of a bummer because mm. it's like, I wish that there would have been a, a happier, a happier medium. Sure. If that makes any sense. Well, I mean, like, obviously, no, do I wish, you know, like it's hard, it's hard to look back on our childhood and be like, oh, well, uh, this needed to have been different or I wish that had been different because had it been different, maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been the people we are today. Right. You know? So it's, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to look back and be like, oh, well, I wish, I wish when, you know, you you can't change that kind of stuff. So I, I mean, I, I've never really thought of it like that. 
Um, you know, there was times when I, growing up, I'd, you know, be jealous of other kids and things like that, but it, I don't think I would want to change anything. Yeah. You know? you know, and that's just the whole thing is, it's like, and again, as the parent, all, I mean, all burden and responsibility was on me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the parent, you were the child. So it was up to me to set that tone. And I think that had I had done it in a healthier manner, mm-hmm. it would have had a, you know, an easier outcome. Sure. I mean, I really like where we're at today. Mm-hmm. It's just that the journey was very hard. Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard to do it in a healthier manner when we had a very unhealthy lifestyle. Yes. You know. Yes. And you know, and, and for those of you who um, are new to the channel or you don't follow me on social media, you know, I was an alcoholic for the majority of my adult life. You know, I raised my child. I'll cry, but I raised my children as an alcoholic and it's really that's the only thing that gets me yeah that's the only i've got like this this you know this clear conscience and this flowing energy sure until it comes to that one subject mm. and it just it's like somebody comes up in with a hockey stick and just takes you out at the knees it is that one burden of pain that i will carry with me forever yeah, I mean, but it's mine. It, but it's not you and Brandon. I mean, you and Brandon are absolutely amazing, and we have a wonderful relationship. Sure. But that and that alone is is nobody can soften that blow, you know. Mm. So, but I have to keep that real because if I don't keep it real, then I I'm worried that I won't have that relationship with you and Brandon now. I won't cherish. What it do you mean much. by real though? Well, I just have to remember where we were, where we came from, because yeah. it's really easy to come across as a persona of, oh my gosh, you guys got the best relationship with your kids and it must have been easy. And, mm. you know, you must have rode on unicorns and, and, you know, been sprinkled with fairy dust your whole life. And no, it's like, basically, we just pulled ourselves out of the trenches and, and rebuilt what we have. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's easy, you know, obviously, I mean, just like with anything in life, like it's easy to see and just take everything at face value. You know, so if you were to see you, me and Brandon, you know, at dinner or something like that and, you know, laughing and having a good time, like it's easy to think at face value. Like, oh, yeah, sure. These people, you know, obviously they, you know, they've loved and cared about each other for, you know, their whole lives and things like that. And for a long time, it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, it, it was almost like the exact opposite. Oh, for um, many years. Yeah. And so it, you know, it's, it's. Interesting to see how, you know, people can see that and be like, oh, yeah, these guys must always have it super easy. And, you know, in, in retrospect, it was, you know, it's taken a lot of work to, you know, to rebuild. Yeah, to rebuild and gain, you know, trust and admiration towards each other. Right. And also to me, it's really important because I feel like if I don't, if I just blow it off, like mm-hmm. what, you know, it was just, you know, it was just this or it was just that. It diminishes yours and Brandon's pain. Yeah. And it dimishi- diminishes you guys as individuals. So to me, it's I I I keep that very real mm-hmm. because otherwise it's gonna make you feel or I feel it would make you and Brandon feel less valid or less seen. I, if that makes any sense. I don't know about less seen. I, I think I think I don't know I don't want to speak for Brandon for this, but I think the biggest thing would just be like acknowledging it you know it's not something that brandon and i talk about often it's not something Mm -hmm. we like talking about but it's also something that we don't want to hold over your head you know for your whole life no and you don't hold it over my head and that's just the whole thing it's it's like i feel like we have gone forward but anytime anybody is always like um wow you're like the best Mm -hmm. mom i always feel like i have to be like well thank you you know what i appreciate the compliment Mm asterisk Mm -hmm. with this you know i you know it to me it's like i just don't want to take anything away from acknowledging where we've been sure well then why don't you just like flip it on on its head then then why don't you be like sure and instead of the asterisk like hey listen i haven't always had a good relationship with my children but this is what i did to help you know mend the mend the the breaks and Mm -hmm. kind of help rebuild everything and maybe you could use where you've been and where brandon and i have done you know, maybe as an inspiration or maybe just more of like a blueprint. Oh, no. And I do. And and you know what? And that's just the whole thing is, is I never I'm really very conscientious about um, guilt mm. because guilt leads to back to where I sure. was. Guilt yeah. leads back to addiction. Yeah. So it's not like I carry this burden of guilt. It's just a constant raw nerve. OK. And I guess you have to, you know, it, 
you were the, I mean, because, I mean, I grew up in an alcoholic family. Yeah. I know what it's like to be a child of an alcoholic. You know what? But this is me experiencing it as the, the parent, as the mother. So I understand where, you know, you know, there's pain to be associated with it. But it's just, I guess, since I'm out of that lifestyle, mm-hmm. I see I see it in a different way and it's just, it will always be a raw nerve. It will always be like, hey, I need a good cry. So I'm going to think about this. Yeah, no, I can see how you like, especially, you know, you're on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. kind of perspective. You're like, well, you know, now that I'm, you know, have a clear, clear, clear mind, you know, this is how I would have done things differently. But I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, think too hard on it or or beat yourself up. No, and I don't, and that's just the whole thing is, is I don't carry it again like a burden like a like a horrible knit sweater where it's constantly itching on me mm-hmm. but it is just again just that one nerve sure. like but we have to talk about it and you can't shy away from it thinking Sh- that you're like gonna, shy away from what the subject mm-hmm. because you know that it it hurts to talk about because i think that that would stop your healing I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never been one to like not talk about it. I, is it something that I enjoy talking about? Not really. But Brandon and I kind of had the same thing where we don't really remember a lot of our childhood. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we don't, it's not that we don't want to talk about it. It's just a lot of times we don't remember it. Right. Um, so it's, you know, like I don't, I, uh, Brandon and I, and, and again, I don't want to speak for Brandon, but maybe just in regards to my, I look so for, like I, I look very positive towards the future mm-hmm. that I forget about everything in the past. So it, to be honest, and a lot of times, and I don't know if I've told this to you or anything, but like when I got sober, that's when I started counting, you know, my birthdays and things like that. Right. So I, before then, I, you know, everything was a blur. And I really don't, I really don't have any good and clear memories until after I got sober. Right. So it's really hard for me to draw back on, you know, my childhood and, and you know, growing up and things like that when I don't really necessarily count those right those years i always and this is just the way i looked at it you know like um like with my childhood because i i mean and i do totally understand about like it's kind of a blur and, mm-hmm. and you you have a tendency to forget a lot of stuff and it's just for like um i think it's like a coping mechanism yeah, a almost mechanism. and um i re- the way i look at it is i mean it's my past and i've kind of like i've come to peace with my mm-hmm. past and um, I have like a fresh layer of soil over it. Yeah. And I've grown a garden out of it. Sure. That doesn't mean I want to dig it up and get to the roots. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I like where I'm at. Sometimes I just don't feel it necessary to go too deep to try to unearth something that I don't need to unearth. Sure. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like when I went to, when I was going to seeing my therapist guy, um, he was all like, well, we can, you know, we can do hypnosis and we can get, you know, we can get those memories. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know what? They're perfectly fine where they're at. Let's just let that bear sleep. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm happy where I'm at now. I, I got a good, I got a good thing going on. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't see how unearthing that would make me happier than where I am today. No, totally. So. Yeah. No, let me ask you this. Do you think, because, you know, you are one to over mother or smother oh Brandon gosh and yeah I. I know do you think that you tend to want to over smother us or over mother us because you were you're kind of making up for lost time kind of thing like when you were drinking yes and i think you know and i've been thinking about that a lot lately and it's something that i do think about um absolutely 100 it started off with me um over mothering you trying to overcompensate for where we're at. And I think that we have, all of us have forged a really good relationship where we are today. I think I have a tendency to overmother you these days mm. for the fear of letting go. Like letting go of being my mom kind of thing or? Just letting go. And, you know, it just being like, um, kind of using that as a safety blanket, as a mm. safety, as a life vest kind of thing. Well, like, like if you were to stop, like, over mothering us you would like lose your identity kind of thing or i think it's the fear the Mm. fear of losing what we have built you know which i know sometimes i trust me i catch myself more than you know over mothering you sure it could be 10 times worse that's scary to think that that it could be 10 times worse because it's pretty bad already just like the phone call you the other day and i wanted to oh my god which phone call was that so i had i had my I had food poisoning on yes, he did. Thursday, which ended up making us miss our flight to San Francisco yesterday. 
and uh, you know, it, it knocked me out pretty good. And so I'm, you know, I'm at, I'm at home. I'm not feeling good. I'm just throwing up and everything like that. Just making the rounds. And I don't remember why I called you. What, you I called me because of somebody. Oh, I think somebody called you or you. Oh, it was you know about- why? It's because um, it was that seller's package on Elm. Yeah. Elm yeah. Oakers don't. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I know which one. Yeah. 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 And so I called and I was like, hey, you know, like they want to sign whatever day, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, can you just give it away? And you're like, well, how are you feeling? Like, not good, ma. Are you, are you, is it throw up and pooping? Like, ma. <laughs> well, I wanted to gauge I'm the, like, well, the you, depth of your gonna, illness. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm just like in bed and just doing my rounds. And you're all like, tell mama what's wrong. <laughs> Which end is it coming yeah, out of? Yeah, I'm like, come on, dude. Okay, so in all fairness and in defense of myself, sometimes, I mean, I think you'd look at it as overmothering it, and I'm looking at it as common courtesy. How? <laughs> I don't know. How is, I, uh, how is me explaining you, what Holt's coming okay. out of common courtesy? Okay, so let's look at this. Yes, asking somebody how they're feeling is one thing, and asking them which hole it's coming yeah. out of could be crossing Describe the line. The consistency to mommy. <laughs> All right, I get it, but... See, here's the thing. It's it's like I know both you and Brandon think that I over mother smother you. Correct. But again, and this is going to come back to something that has just been a reoccurring problem. It's communication. Sure. All right. I have a tendency to over mother and smother you all, both of you, because you don't communicate with me. So, so when we tell you, no, no, stop, <laughs> you hear... Yes, yes, let's keep going. No, I just do that. We already touched on that subject. And sometimes I do it just to be passively, aggressively irritating. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about is more like, sometimes I will be like, hey, do you want to do this? And you'll be like, sure. Mm. And we end up like, for example, if like I'm going to the rack later and I asked you if you wanted to go, you know, just take a look around and you're like, sure. Where what would happen in the past is that you would go mm-hmm. not wanting to go, mm-hmm. and then you would make life miserable. Yeah, but instead of just being like, "No, I don't really want to go," yeah, you would you would go trying to to be nice mm. because you you had it in your mind that I wanted you to go, and that if you didn't go, maybe you would hurt my feelings. So it's like. And I see this in you and Brandon quite often. You don't communicate because, again, going back to your childhood, I think you're programmed to that if you say something like no or I don't like that or I don't want to do this, you're expecting like a blow up. Yeah, that's fair. Because when I was drinking, it was from zero to a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, it was just flying off the handle. So I pre- kind of pre- I have kind of programmed you and Brandon to like, if you, if you say no, or I don't want to do something, you think that like that's going to happen where, you know, and again, in our growth of rebuilding our relationship, Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I, I try to tell you and Brandon both, it's like, no, that's not going to happen. You can tell me how you feel or what you want Mm -hmm. without these repercussions. Sure. Um, so then what's the deal with the shirt then? (laughs) <laughs> so where where does that fall in the whole that scenario falls into, don't be so cheap Ugh. it's my you money you want to explain why why and what the shirt is about? okay so i went to nordstrom's rack nordstrom's rack i love that store and i found a really cool shirt for robert okay so that could border smother mother i'm gonna buy my it was my, it was like my birthday it was his birthday and i really like the shirt so I'm like, wow, this is a really cool shirt. It's nice and thin. It has a good color. Wow, this is a really expensive shirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, originally it was $250 and it had been marked down a couple of times to like $80 to $90. To $90. Who would want to buy a $90 okay. shirt? So I'm like, it's his birthday. I'm going to splurge and I'm going to buy him this shirt because we always go to San Francisco mm-hmm. and you always find these really cool pieces of clothing, but you you won't buy them because mm-hmm. you think they're too expensive. Yeah. And I'm always like, Psh, I'll buy it for you. It's, you know, I got this. But you always say no. Mm-hmm. Now, why I had a hard time taking that no is because, again, sometimes 
you know what? It's like, I want you to be able to be like, wow, this is a really cool shirt. And I'm very fortunate that I have this shirt. I don't know. I'm not. So your, your, your philosophy was, I'm going to buy this shirt and he's going to go, wow, suddenly it all makes sense. <laughs> I almost put water through my nose. <laughs> no, I just want you to know that, you know, Sometimes it's like I see you mm. like denying yourself stuff mm-hmm. because you're you're kind of cheap. Yeah, but it's in this grand scheme of things, and if we're gonna be perfectly honest, it yeah. was an okay shirt. Okay, well then the, I would rather have you be like, I don't really like the shirt. That's what I told you. you I said, know. hey, you know what? You should return the shirt. Well, you should try the shirt on. Okay, come on. Just can you return the shirt? You have you tried the shirt on? Did you try the shirt? No. On? Because <laughs> it's because you don't like it. I don't like it. Then why didn't you just you just kept on saying because it was too again, expensive? Again, I was trying to go back to not hurting your feelings. There you go. And it was just like return the effing shirt. But it, of course, nothing is super simple when it comes to you and I trying to converse. It's like it what what could be you know we're just gonna get to step one to step two. There's 19 <laughs> side steps that we have to take before we get to step two. Before okay, anything so, happens. Okay, so let's recap this. So we have. Exhibit A. Yeah. Expensive shirt. Expensive shirt. Okay. On the left side, mm-hmm. we have you. Rather cheap. Yes. Okay. On the other side, we have me. Um, smother mothering you. Yes. All right. So I'm trying to get you to like this shirt because I want you to have nice things. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, are like, I don't like this shirt, but I don't want to hurt her feelings. So I'm going to tell her it's too expensive. Yeah. So it's, It was too expensive though. $90. $90? I could buy like nine shirts from H&M. Okay. Yes, I'm not denying it was expensive, but it was your birthday and I was trying to buy you something nice. Sure. So do you see where the breakdown in the communication yeah, was? Yeah, it was just we're operating on two different channels. We were op- I had it preconceived in my mind that you were just being cheap. Mm-hmm. You were having it preconceived in your mind that if you were to tell me the truth, you would either, you would hurt my feelings, which yeah. you absolutely would not have because I value your your fashion sense. Mm-hmm. I know you have your own look. Yeah. And if you like it, then you know what? It's you like it. So it just, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of amazing. Like we're both, you know, we're both good communicators mm-hmm. until it comes to one another. Yeah. Until we communicate with each other. Then we yeah. Speak. Then it's like, you know, it's almost like we, we should do like shadow puppets. Yeah. Talking. Everything okay? Yeah, we should like, it would be almost like, you know, like in South Park, you know, uh, what's his name? Mr. Garrison and Mr. Han. Yeah. We almost need like a Mr. Han to talk to. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or just be like. Hey, sometimes yeah. you buy ugly shirts. <laughs> and hey, and sometimes you're too cheap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, maybe we should start like. Um, what would you call your hand puppet? Um, I don't. Give me a moment. I'm thinking Betty. Betty the hand puppet? <laughs> yeah. Betty. She's a little lopsided. One side of her head's a little bit higher up than I don't, the other. Well, I don't think it's directly oh. like skin tight on the finger. <laughs> it's not a, like oh. a latex glove. Okay. Then we're going to call... I don't... Give me a moment. Okay. Gertrude. Gertrude? Gertrude. That's so weird because I was going to call mine Guillermo. Ooh. Yeah. See? Look at We no. are right there. Gertrude yeah. and Guillermo. The the imaginary puppet one's mom from, and son. Yeah. One's from Bolivia. The other one is El Salvador. From, there you go. Well, isn't Bolivia in? So, I don't even so know that Alabama was a state. Yeah. You did not know that. That was embarrassing. Well, yes. But it's all part of my charm. Is we it? All, we all went back is to Is your my- charm just like... Not knowing, it. I was gonna say ignorance, but that's not, that's a mean word. But no, it's it's perfectly fine because you know what? I didn't do well in school. Mm. I my entire high school years was um, I majored in ditching and getting high. Yeah. You know what? The simple fact that I've done as well as I have is pretty amazing. So, and I understand that. And during history, I did not pay attention. Which is geography is not history, is it? Correct. It's two different classes. <laughs> Which is part of the problem is I thought I was in geography and I was actually in history. Yeah. <laughs> trying to learn where Alabama was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is the whole thing. It's just like, I am okay with me not knowing certain things. Now, have you it's ever like, been to the South? Texas. Okay. That's, <laughs> do you like how firm I am? Where said? in Texas? 
Um, I went to Colleen, Texas. We landed in Dallas and Okay. So you were okay, so technically the South. Okay, so the only memory I have of Texas is we went to go see Auntie Vicky mm-hmm. and she lived in a, a mobile home that um there was a hole in the floor. And when I say a hole in the floor, if you move the rug, you could see the ground. So you didn't want to walk across the rug. Mm. And they had a um, a tornado warning, and we all had to go to Walmart. That's my memory of Texas. Now, was that the same? Was that the same place where um, Barbu kept saying that you were hitting all the potholes on purpose? No, that was on a trip to Laughlin. Oh, okay. And she just complained so much at the end. Yes, I was trying. To, to be f- fair, though, I kind of agree with her. You hit a lot of there was a, it's a lot of bumps. Going to Laughlin? Going anywhere with you. No, there's not. You do. I was Because yesterday we drove halfway to, to Orange County Airport. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling good because you poisoned me. And um, <sighs> I was like, this is a lot more bumps than I remember when I drive. It's because you didn't feel good. I, dude, you I have a very... You drive like somebody chases you. Well, we were trying to get to the airport. And then... <laughs> it was everywhere. <laughs> and then the best... Okay, so if we're going to communicate, this is... I You're the driving... Okay, let's talk me. about communication. The night before, when you were laying on the floor, you know, losing fluids from all orifices. Yeah. Okay, we don't need to go into detail about why and how I was sick. You can just say, you know, when you're on the floor being sick. When you're on the floor being sick, I asked you, mm-hmm. are you going to feel well enough to I, go? You know, when I thought I, in the moment, I was like, you know what, I'll shake this in 10 hours. Okay, so when you woke up in the morning and you were not shaking it, at that point, you could have been like, I mean, and I'm just saying, in mm. all in all honesty, you could have been like, hey, mom, I am too sick to go. Yeah, but I really wanted to go. And so I was really pushing myself. And yeah. it wasn't until I got into the car and we drove like 10, 15 minutes that I was like, yeah, this is, I, it, it wasn't going to make anybody's day better if, if, if I kept quiet and kind of suffered through it. Yeah. You know, because that's San Francisco is our day to kind of like go and unwind and relax. And like, it's it's like our thing. And, and I don't want to, you know, force myself to go to San Francisco and kind of ruin our experience, you know, yeah. because San Francisco is really, really fun. And, and I really, really enjoy going with you. And I don't want to spend the whole day, you know, you know, hurting and then trying to find a bathroom. And, you know, I, I'm, I swear to God, you would have asked if I was going to the bathroom regularly in front of Ken, <laughs> uh, which is our barber. So the last thing I want to do is sit in the chair and have you talk to me about going to the bathroom. Oh, no, you would have just been going to the bathroom and I would have talked to the other moms about what they do when their babies have. I don't think that I don't I don't think (laughs) that's the same barbershop we're going to. We're not going to a kid's super cuts (laughs) as you're on a pony. Yeah, right. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting my hair cut in a race car. Yeah. Well, you know what? And that's just the whole thing. It's it's, and I mean, personally, I again, I love our relationship. Mm -hmm. I couldn't when I was first decided to get sober, I never in a million years imagined having the relationship that I have with you and Brandon now. So I couldn't imagine anything. I'm just really happy with it. Mm-hmm. But I just really would love to be able to be like giving you, letting you know that you can say things mm-hmm. and that I'm not going to get upset. Sure. You know, and I will try harder to not smother you, even though I really want to button your shirt. I'm just yeah. kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Wait. Do you not? Do you really or no? No, I, it's perfectly fine how it is. Really? Because the way you say that sounds like it doesn't. I know. I'm, After you just got off a communication rant. Yeah. No, but I mean, and, and just like the whole not going to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would. I was so much more relieved that you spoke up and you said mm-hmm. it than had you had gone there and just been miserable. Yeah. I think I would have been really upset had you have done that. But I was really just very relieved that you took it upon, you know, that you finally spoke up and you're like, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's just what life is all about. Life is about hitting all those bumps. Yeah, because it would have been like 12 hours in the city. I don't even know if you had gotten on the plane. You looked pretty really rough. Hard. Yeah. And I was just really worried because I had a fever too. And I was just really worried about somebody like taking my temperature and be like, oh, COVID and then throw me in jail. <laughs> COVID jail. COVID jail. Yeah. And that's just the whole thing. It's it's like, you know, San Francisco has become such a treat, especially mm-hmm. during COVID, mm-hmm. um, that I would rather 
postpone it a week or two and go and have that good experience. I mm-hmm. mean, I was just, I couldn't imagine not going to, or going to San Francisco, not having Moe's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the big deciding factors too, is because like, we always go to the same restaurant, we get the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was trying to like mentally like figure out what I would eat. And it's like, I can't order coffee and I had to order water and then maybe like some Blank, a piece of dry piece toast. Of toast. Yeah, maybe, maybe an egg if I was feeling really good. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like, this isn't the kind of experience that I would like. You know, it was, this isn't the kind of afternoon that I would like to spend. You know, because you know it, it does cost a little bit of money and it, it is time invested. We spend, you know, wake up at three in the morning, four in the morning. We mm-hmm. don't get home until you know ten, eleven, twelve at night. You know, so it's a whole day, and I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the day or or put a damper on the day. You know, be like, oh. Yeah. So the backstory to this is is that we do we we live by San Diego and we fly to San Francisco Mm -hmm. to get our hair cut. Yeah, once it's like yeah, yeah, once every so often. Yeah, it's a day trip to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And we get up in the mornings, we it's either San Diego, Orange County or LA, but we fly out. Yeah, Alaska has like super savers. Yeah. Which are pretty cool. Yeah. So usually typically we can get up to San Francisco and back for like a hundred bucks each. Yeah. And um, it's a little, it's been an, a reward that we give ourselves. It's it's like our, it's our little day trip. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there has been circumstances that are beyond our control that has stopped us from going. You know, when we got diverted over to Sacramento. Yeah, because I think she could have landed the plane. No, I think she did a really good job. I mean, yeah, she no, finally. Was, she was a great pilot. Um, it's, you know what, for because what had happened is, is we went up during the winter and there was a there was quite a, a winter storm mm-hmm. and we were we had three failed landing attempts which i've never experienced anything like that i mean people were screaming they were throwing up yeah, it was hilarious it was yeah they were all like trying to call for the stewardesses and they were like we're not getting out of our seats you mm-hmm. know i whatever it is you need it can wait um, we got diverted over to Sacramento where we spent the afternoon in the airport. And then we had like a 15 minute window to get on the plane mm-hmm. to get to San Francisco. Yeah. We spent, I think we spent like 45 minutes in the city. Yeah. Just enough time to grab something to eat, to go back, to have our plane delayed again. Yeah. And remember yeah. they gave us vouchers for food and mm-hmm. like uh, it was like 11 o'clock at night and nothing was open. Yeah. I think we had like Pinkberry. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, that was like a 24-hour airport plane. But it was yeah. fun. It was adventurous. And yeah. you know what? I was really proud of ourselves that we didn't, you know, we remained calm. We mm-hmm. didn't, you know, get upset. <laughs> but okay, talk about a smother mother moment. Um, I did, though, when we got diverted. Because we went up there because at that point, only Robert was getting his hair cut. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we flew up there for Robert to get his hair cut. Yeah. And we got diverted over to Sacramento. We missed the your appointment. And that was before we were like really good friends yeah, with this Ken. Is, this is probably like my third time going up there. To yeah. Yeah. So you missed your appointment. Mm-hmm. So I, when we're in the airport at Sacramento, I'm like calling Alaska Airlines. I'm like, my son missed his appointment. My baby missed his critical appointment. <laughs> and then, you know, there's going to be repercussions and things like that. He's and, all fluffy. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did. Although that was back too, like when I didn't know how I wanted my hair styled. And so like, I was really short on the sides and really like poofy up top and it got really curly up there. There's a couple of times I've seen photos of me, like even after get, getting my hair cut with Ken, like I was like, yo, this is, this is some risque hair choices. Yeah. But you know what? If you want to go down one de- one level deeper about that whole thing, it's, it's like that's right after you cut all your hair off mm-hmm. and you were during your your kind of like development of where you were trying to find your your you you were trying to find you and these haircut appointments were really important for you for this journey Mm -hmm. so to me it was like hair's hair but where i was upset is because you you were counting on this to try to you know it was important to you on a more than just a an outside look reason yeah that's true yeah especially too because it's like you know i had really long hair since i was like 12 or 11 and you know when i cut my hair the lady didn't cut it how I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And granted, I'm sure I didn't explain it how I wanted it. And I went to a salon and said, when I should have went to a barbershop, you know, but these are things I just never knew, you know, because I only got my hair cut at a salon because you had a really, really long hair. And that's mm-hmm. just, you know, that's, that's kind of been my wheelhouse for 10, 11, 12 years. And so when she cut my hair, I wasn't really happy with it. It just was, 
Shma. And so when I ended up meeting Ken, um, he was like, yeah, this is exactly what's wrong with yeah. your hair. And I was like, that's exactly what's wrong with my hair. That's, that's exactly why I need to fix it. And so, like you say, it did take a couple of times and, you know, like I'm still trying to find myself. I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody ever really stops. I think, you know, you, like everything, you're always progressing. Um, not to say that I, mean, I really like my haircuts now. I just wish I, I got them more frequently. Yeah, but Ken should come down here. You know, and truthfully, now that, I mean, so long as things can stay open a little bit more, we can actually start mm-hmm. booking things out more. Yeah. But I mean, that all comes to back down to, you know, on the outside looking in, you're like, oh, there's my mom smothering me again. Mm-hmm. And on my inside, I'm like so excited that you're finding that avenue of self-expression in yourself. Sure. Because again, years of just being in that environment where you hid yourself it was to me it was like i was looking at that yeah so and i could see how you when you're sitting there you know next to me in the airport you're like oh my gosh she's doing it again Yeah, because i was hangry you know you and it was i was all bummed because you know the day got kind of i don't say ruined but the day was not how i expected and that's another thing too is i put things on pedestals or Mm -hmm. you know like you expect certain things to go certain ways and when they don't you know you generally you get upset and that was one of those instances where I was like, oh, this sucks. Okay. So let's look at it this way. So in looking back at that moment, you know, when our plane got diverted and we never got to San Francisco to get mm-hmm. your haircut. And yesterday when life happened and you were too sick to go, look at how differently you you um, took this situation. Yeah. You know, the first time you were really, really upset. Yeah, it really sucked. This time, I mean, I know you were sick, but you're like, nah, let's go up next week. Yeah. So that in itself shows how much growth and how much more comfortable you are with yourself. Sure. Because you're not reliant on that perfect hair to be happy with yourself. Yeah, that's a good point, you know, because a lot of times too, that's like everything has to be kind of perfect for me. Mm-hmm. You know, where like I have to have like, I have to have this kind of haircut and this date, you know, this style with this kind of stuff. And, you know, when things don't go your way, it's kind of like, oh God, the world's going to end. You know, where now it's kind of just like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from your childhood and a lot of it comes from your dad. Sure. And you know what? He expected you to be perfect. And he did, I mean, he did a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of damage to you in that area. And that's where, you know, it's kind of interesting just looking back on it. And I guess it's another good thing about being a part of the, the nonprofit, the Global Conservation mm-hmm. Force, because nothing ever goes as planned. Mm-hmm. It's literally like, I don't want to say it's, I mean, um, it's kind of funny how Every single deployment, something like there's some sort of curveball, never anything bad, but it's usually like, oh, hey, the guy thought you were coming tomorrow, not today. Or, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you know, your flight got canceled or delayed or. Or, hey, you got the wrong COVID test yeah, and now you don't get test. to go. Yeah. So it's, you know, always, always a curveball. And I think that has been really helpful in terms of like getting me out of that kind of this has to be this kind of way. Perfect funk. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now it's like, yeah, dude, I'll just I'll roll with the punches, you know. Like I used to be really critical on times, and you know, I never want to be late, and you know, and going to the nonprofit, everything, everybody's late, nothing's ever on time, and so it really helps kind of detangle the mess that is in my head. Right, and you inherited that like um, that whole late thing mm-hmm. from Papa. Yeah, but if you actually look at it, I mean, his came from the simple fact that he had control issues because you know when he grew up in the home, mm-hmm. he as a child when you are put into a shitty situation as a child, you have no control. You are you are completely powerless. I mean, he was put into a home. He had no control over that, Mm -hmm. but he had control over being punctual. Mm -hmm. So that became super important to him. And you had no control over who your parents were or, you know, what kind of condition your mother was in. So your punctuality became super important to you too. Sure. And where you've kind of just been a little bit more like, you know what, I mean, you still like to be punctual, mm-hmm. but I don't think if things don't go 100% according to planned, it's not the end of the world like it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I used to get really bad anxiety. And I remember like specifically too, it was like, I think I was in, I want to say I was in fifth grade and dad was taking us to school. This is when we were still seeing him. And Brandon and I spent the night at dad's house. And then um, I don't remember what time school started, like 8, 8.15 8. or I think like so, yeah. And it's like 7.45 and we're still at his house and he lives... He lived in Marietta. Yeah, he lives like, I don't know, maybe like at the time maybe it was like 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. away. And I'm like, hey, you know, we should we should get to school. We should get to school. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kind of blew it off. And, you know, so it's getting closer. And then he was like, oh, well, let's take you to school. I'm like, finally, thank you. And then he takes me to a, the donut shop that's right on the street. And so, we're, you know, he gets his donuts. And I'm like, hey, you know, like school's, 
school's starting, like we should probably go. And then um, I'm getting really, really upset. And, you know, he's driving us to school and like, I'm so upset. I can't even eat the donut. Mm-hmm. And I had the, like such a big pit in my stomach. And we get to school and we're like, I don't know, like 15 minutes late. I remember just being like so distraught and devastated. And I was like, I'll never be late ever again. And that, that probably, I mean, that's one of the big ones that stand out to me is, you know, why I hate being late. You know, it's because I think dad always like was so lackadaisical when it came to like raising us. He, everything was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do it whenever. Where I think Brandon and I find a lot of comfort and structure. Right. You know. And you know what, and what's really sad in, in listening to that story, it's as a child, your voice was not heard. Yeah. So it wasn't heard. And as an adult, sometimes you're like, I'm not going to say anything because nobody's going to hear it. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I always am on you and Brandon for communication is because I want you to know you do have voices mm-hmm. and they are heard. And I will apologize a thousand times right now because I realize that now by me smothering mothering you I'm doing the same thing but just in a different way and I'm justifying mine because I'm like oh I love you so that's why I do it Mm. but I'm still not listening to you sure so this has to be a growing moment for me yeah you know because I do value your voice and I have to value your opinion and and I have to hear you Mm. because you can't live your entire life not being heard yeah you know, so there's a moment for you. Take that. Take that. Yeah. And it's and that's just the whole thing. It's it's like communication is so important and we can grow when you know what? I'm not there's no anger. Mm-hmm. There's no finger pointing. This is just us talking about things and letting it uh, untying the knot. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I would, I would I would never say I'm angry at you or, you know, I've I, I've forgiven a lot of you know that's happened in our childhood a long time ago. So there's never any resentment towards any of that kind of stuff. And I hope you know that. Right. I, and, and you know, and thankfully I do know that. But a lot of times people, when they think about they're going to express themselves or they are going to say what they want, mm-hmm. that it's going to end up being um, in an argument. Sure. You know, because I get a lot of times people coming on my lives being like, you know what? Um, for example, my grandma doesn't like tattoos mm-hmm. and she says really mean things to me when I'm around her. Mm-hmm. So my advice is always, well, you need to sit down with her and you need to tell her how you feel. Yeah. But it, it's it, maybe that's not the best advice because maybe the grandma's not going to listen anyway, you know, but there has to be at least you're, you're communicating it and then you need to make hard choices i mean at what point you'd be like you know grandma i'm not going to come around you anymore if you're going to continue to say mean things to me sure you know so i guess it's not so black and white no it was a different i mean it was definitely more of a gray area i know when uh one of the last times you knew dad used to always threaten brandon and i I was like if you ever get a tattoo i'll skin it off with my knife and i remember being like i don't know maybe like like sixth seventh grade i was like oh yeah like i want to get tattoos so what are you going to do about it like I, i knew even even from a young age i wanted to get a lot of tattoos and, you know, obviously, like, you know, when people of higher hierarchy, like, you know, the fathers, authority or, figures, you know, authority figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, when they kind of make like those hard, hard draws lines in the sand, you're like, well, I think you can either abide by it or, you know, unfortunately, you're going to have to. Either- well, it does. You know what? And as a parent, that's a really. And that's just not a good way to communicate that. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you know, yeah, he was not a good. He wasn't a good parent. Yeah. Are you talking about dad or just in general? No, I was talking about your your oh. dad. You know, and that's just it's it was so you you know what and I'm not ever I I'm not going to go on a pity party, mm-hmm. but it was just it was hard enough being a single parent and then it was made even harder um knowing that that was your your father figure. Yeah. You know, but that's again and I rarely speak of him because it's not my story to tell. It's not my dad, mm. you know, but I'm always, I'm always open for communication. It's just, I don't want to be the one. Like initiating it? No, I just, you know what? It's to me, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a um, sensitive subject. To you? No, not to me at all. But mm. I would think like you would be like, I don't ever want it to be where you're like, oh my God, she's talking about him again. No, to be honest with you, and I, I would think Brandon would be in the same wheelhouse. We just don't know enough about him to care. Yeah. You know, like I growing up too, especially, you know, in the height of my drinking and addiction, I was really angry at him. And I was really angry at a lot of people. 
Um, but it wasn't until after I got sober that I, I you know, I've forgiven him a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, I don't know enough about him to even have an opinion, yeah. which, you know, which is sad in a way, you know, I, you know, there's my, my dad's alive and, you know, maybe like an hour, hour and a half. I don't know where he lives, but I think LA, you know, and I, and I really have no desire to talk to him, you know, cause, and I think too, a lot of it is like, I just don't, he doesn't know me, you yeah. know, and I don't think he wants to take the time to know me. I mean, like he messaged me on Instagram, um, well, for my birthday and he goes, Hey, happy birthday. You know, like, and, and that kind of, it, it didn't upset me, but it's like, you, you know, you know where I'm at, you know, like, you know who I am. Like you, like you can follow me on Instagram yeah, you and you follow, can know you can the accomplishments. Yeah. yeah. You know? So like it, it doesn't really bother me because it, it doesn't, he doesn't play, he's not a large enough supporting character in my life to have an opinion or to, to, to warrant, um, any sort of thought. And I think Brandon thinks the same way. It's, you know, cause we're Brandon and I, we look at Papa a lot more of a father figure mm-hmm. than we do a dad. Um, because Papa was, you know, for every key milestone for every, um, like big moment or what we thought a, a gentleman or a father or a husband should be. We looked for Papa, not dad. Dad was, dad was a, he was a, um, educational in terms of what we didn't want. You know, when growing up, I was like, you know what? Well, I, I know how to be a good husband because I, I'll just do everything opposite of what dad did. Right. Kind of thing. And that's, and that's how I, I lived a lot of them my life. It's like, Oh, just, I'll listen to what Papa's doing and then I'll do the opposite of what dad's doing. Yeah. And it's, I always used to tell you guys when you were younger, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You have a choice whether or not you're going to continue. Um, if you're going to continue the pattern or if you're going to make your own path, you know, there were mm-hmm. a lot of conversations with that. But I have to tell you, I mean, and again, going back to the whole smother mother thing, it's irritates me to know that sometimes he reaches out to you, especially like on birthdays and holidays. Sure. And he used to derail you a little bit more than he does now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It used to kind of really bug me. Yes. He used to like, because I remember one time he texted, I don't know if it was, it was like around Christmas time. He mm-hmm. texted us why we, we were in San Francisco, which is, it was, Brandon was there too with us. And that's a, you know, San Francisco is a very, um, what was the word? Like, sp- not a spiritual, but it's a very, it's got a lot of emotional connection to us. Yes. Um, we, we recharge our emotional batteries yeah, when we are yeah. there. And so when he texted me there, I was like, it kind of sat with me for a couple of days. and I'm like, But I don't know if it's just older age or I don't know if it's just because I've forgiven him or, or what have you. But it, it doesn't really affect me too much anymore. And not to say that, you know, like, it's weird. I mean, like, if he was to, like, if he was to legit, like, you know, find me and be like, hey, would you want to grab a cup of coffee or have dinner or something like that? I, you know, I think I would mm-hmm. just to kind of let him know, like, you know, I'm fine without you kind of thing. Not so much of like so much of a you know, let's connect or reconnect and things like that, you know, be more of just like, Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. It would be for you, not him. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I don't, I, and I, I would never live my life. Like, you know, it's so weird because whenever I go like on deployments or whenever I'm overseas or doing anything just really rad, mm-hmm. I always think of like, what would Papa do if he saw me doing this? Yeah. You know, what would Papa think if he saw me like in this Humvee, you know, like driving across the plains, like looking for rhinos or lions and things like that. It's never, never once has dad been like, you know, what would, Ooh, what would he what think? What would my yeah. dad think yeah. if I was doing this? You know, um, it was all, it's always been, and, and, and it, that just shows how much of a father figure Papa was to mm-hmm. Brandon and I growing up. You know, we, we lived on his every word. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I really know. Really. Yeah. And it just, you know what, and it's those instances where, you know, like it was hard for me to sit back and not say anything. Yeah. Well, you couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. You know what the thing is? Is like I, I already, um, I already know I oversmother you. And if I'd have gotten all like mother bear every time he would have called, mm-hmm. it just would have pushed us away. Yeah, well, it's weird. You almost have to let us. You know, I'm sure it was hard for you, like watching us. Oh get hell hurt, yeah! You know, when you, you'd be like, "Hey, let's hang out," and then he'd blow us off, or you know, like, "Hey, we're gonna spend the weekend together," and he'd drop us off like in you know two hours. You know, like I'm sure it wasn't easy, but we almost Brandon almost we almost had to go through it ourselves you know what i still remember and i know that you don't probably remember a whole lot but i still remember i would have to sit there with you and be like you know what i can't say anything bad about your dad Mm -hmm. but i can acknowledge your feelings yeah you know because it didn't do me any good at that time to be like oh your dad's a piece of shit yeah you know you already knew that Yeah, we would have gone the opposite way too yeah like well she's probably just as bad then yeah or you know what you you already knew it by me saying it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have made it any better it would have just made it worse yeah so as much as i do smother mother you i mean i have 
um, in rare instances, allowed you and Brandon to, you know, deal with it. But again, it's such a fine line. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we were in San Francisco and I could see one text from him derailing you, Mm -hmm. don't you think I just didn't want to get in my car and drive over there and just go full mother bear? Sure. You know, but I couldn't. Yeah. Because that was something that you had to come to terms with yourself. So... You know, it's just sometimes it's it's that's a and that's one of the reasons why I always let you and Brandon take the lead when it comes to your dad. It's yeah. not that I don't have my opinions, my thoughts or my emotions. Mm-hmm. It's just I have to follow your lead. Yeah. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to lead from. I mean, like I said, like you, you know, I I think he's I saw it on Instagram. I think he's married now. So, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, he, I, I, I mean, I hope he's happy. I hope he has a great time. Yeah. I really, like I said, it's just, I mean, I, I wouldn't even recognize him if I, if he was walking down, we crossed each other on the street. Yeah. Which is crazy to think, but yeah, I mean, I really, I don't know enough about the guy to even have an opinion. Well, if nothing else, I know Papa's proud of you. Yeah. You know, I'm, he's the one I got tattooed on me. Yeah. And you know what? And that's, I could just, and I know him well enough. I swear he would have been like, when you got back from a deployment, Mm -hmm. he would have put a couple of beers in the freezer for himself. Yeah. And he would have been like, now sit down, Mm -hmm. tell me about it. Yeah. And talk slow. Yeah. Don't mumble. It would have been nice to to tell him a story. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, you know, and the thing is, is like, I know that there's things that happen over there that you don't tell me about. Mm -hmm. You could have told him. Oh, in a heartbeat. You know it, and he would have understood. Mm -hmm. And he would have been like, you did good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, and then this is just my kind of weird way, but maybe sometimes you should sit out in the garage and talk to him. Well, when I work out, I sit in his chair. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I get really, I feel a connection there, Mm -hmm. you know? Boy, I... Second time this time. Yeah. yeah. There I go again, all welled up again. Yeah. You know, but that's just, to me, it's like, what a beautiful blessing that um, he could be there for you like that. Because mm-hmm. he was one cool dude. Coolest dude I know. Yeah. And then there was Barbu. Yeah. Who, I love Barbu. Yeah. So Barbu's my mother, just in case nobody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they don't, but they're like, why the circus elephant? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is Barbu the dog? Yeah, her real name's Barbara. And my grandpa used to scream Barbara all the time. And uh, I, don't, I think it was Kimmy, Kimmy. My, my oldest cousin. Um, she couldn't say Barbara. Barbara, so she called her Barbu, and it kind of just stuck with. Mm-hmm. So that's what we called her. It was her. always Papa and Barbu. Papa and Barbu. Yeah. Yep. They were two amazing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They. You know what? And that's just the whole thing. I mean, to looking back at my childhood, it was nothing but it was nothing but hard. It, there was no easy. Easy was easy was for the people down the street. Yeah. But I wouldn't change my childhood yeah you know whatever whatever it is it is because i like where i'm at today Mm -hmm. i mean i probably would have parented a little different but you know yeah i mean it's of course it's easy to look back and be like well i could have done that differently Mm -hmm. or i should have done that differently but you know in the old grand scheme of things you just got to be like you know i did that kind of stuff it probably wasn't the best choice but it's what led me here and you know i'm okay with who i am now yeah and you and brandon are two amazing people Mm. i mean you travel around the world by yourself. That and I, again, I always say that that's such an amazing feat. It's not because that big of a deal, though. There's people out there that could not. You you flew to Africa and you were in an airstrip that shut down, and you're like, "Well, somebody's going to pick me up sooner or later." That was pretty funny. You know yeah. how many people can have that 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 happen to them and just be like, "Well, somebody's going to pick me up one day." I'm sure. Well, I mean, how other way would you look at it, though? There's no, there wasn't any other way because the airfield that I landed at was in Hoodsprit, and Hoodsprit was in a, it's like a the airport at the time. I guess it's renovated now. It's better now, but it was literally just an abandoned, like an abandoned military aircraft uh, hangar. So it was like one runway. It was like two hangars, and then like a shack that was the. Um, where you would get your tickets and your luggage and stuff. And they would literally just wheel out your luggage like in the driveway. And that's where we picked up everything. And all this, all the Jeep tours and stuff like that were picking up everybody. And um, I was meeting Christian, who was my friend. And first time I had met him and uh, he got the dates mixed up, typical Africa. 
And it was like three in the morning here. So nobody was awake here. And I was like, I'll figure it out. Two but hours I'm just, later and a couple of WhatsApps. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's like give credit where credit is due because a lot of people would have crumbled mm. and just been like, yep, nope, I'm just going to lay here and die. I don't know. I feel like into the right circumstances, you know, like, I mean, that's, you know, maybe that's more of a motivator for people to do things that they're not comfortable with, you know, because at that moment, you're either it's a sink or swim kind of thing. You're like, you're either going to, you know, you're going to burn up or rise from the ashes. And, and I think that's where a lot of growth comes from is getting outside of your comfort zone, you know, pushing yourself to, to, to do things that you're not comfortable with. Um, you know, it sucks at the moment, but looking back on it, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm a better person now from it, from doing something that, you know, I wasn't comfortable or didn't, was scared of doing in the moment. Yeah, because yeah. I remember when you first started your deployments, it was really hard for you to push yourself that far. Mm -hmm. And remember that, you know, because that's why I'm saying it's not something that everybody can do because that fear sure. would stop a lot of people. Okay. So, but you pushed past it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm saying is that's where the, the, um, my respect comes in because you did push yourself outside of that comfort zone yeah. where a lot of people, I mean, everybody could do it, but it's whether or not you push yourself outside of that comfort zone. You know, do you, do you push yourself one, one step far enough to, to do that? And you have to look at it. I mean, the, the little boy who was upset about donuts is now traveling the world. Yeah. And um, making a difference. And you've, you've just developed into this, amazing person yeah well it's, you know that's what the important thing is too is that it's not so much of who you were it's you know what do you want to become kind of thing like you know there's really no there's no rules to anything right you can yeah you can you can be whoever it is mm -hmm. that you want to be yeah so i mean i'm pretty proud of you yeah, but you say that all the time. And you're my mom. You have to be proud of me. No, I don't have to be. I choose to be because no, you are pretty amazing. Ugh. You know, and yes. And then, you know, what? but the whole thing is, is that there's people out there who have parents who um, who never get sober, yeah. you know, and they don't have supportive parents. So um, maybe I do go overboard, but I do love you. Oh, good. And yeah. you're just the cutest little thing. No, I'm 31. I'm not cute. <laughs> I'm kidding. You are pretty handsome, though. Mm. You look just like my dad. Yeah, there's sometimes Brandon and I think we look, it's crazy how much we look like Papa. Yeah, it was just a good thing. He was a nice looking guy. He was a good looking guy. He was mean looking. Yeah, Brandon's mean looking. Brandon is mean looking. Yeah. You know, he's probably one of the nicest people with the biggest heart I've ever yeah, met. Once you, but which is weird because Brandon doesn't, he is not an approachable person. But everybody wants to talk to him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It's like his curse. Yeah. It's like, like he doesn't want to talk to anybody. But like when people talk to him, he's too nice to not mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. He's like, he's just as nice back. Yeah. So then they're all like, score, I found a nice guy. Yeah. Whereas inside internally, Brandon's like, oh. Yeah. So, but he's really coming a long way with his communication too. It'd be cool to get him on the podcast. I've asked him and he's not opposed to it, but we'll just have to... It would have to be. I would say not. I, I mean, tricking him is a bad word. But if we say, Brandon, it would be a good idea if you're on the podcast. He'd be like, no. But if we say, Brandon, we really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We don't I mean, want. Our podcast is doing really good. And then like, you know, not invite him. He's like, oh, I think I'll stop by. Yeah. I what think time he, are you guys doing your podcast? Yeah. Either. Yeah. I could see that happening. But yeah, he's definitely one. If you tell him to do something, he won't do the it. Exact opposite. But he will eventually come up with the own, his own idea. It would be interesting to hear. I wonder how open he would be on a lot of this. He's stuff. actually really super open with me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Brandon has the same kind of philosophy that I do on the past. It's like we didn't go through this for nothing, and if he could share his story to help other people, I definitely think he would. Mm, that'd be cool. You Even know, one day. yeah, because where his experience, you both had a really hard childhood. Mm -hmm. He had a really hard, wild childhood. Yeah. So he's experienced things that. Um, that you didn't and you experienced things that he didn't. Mm -hmm. So, but you both are, um, you're both, you're both here today and that's really all that matters. Yeah. 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 So that was, um, I, I thought that was, that was a cool conversation. Did you? Good. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I did almost, I, twice. Well, I wouldn't call it cry, well, you teared up. but I teared up. Twice. I tear up when I talk about Papa. You know? Yeah. Not to say that like I'm sad about him. I just I miss him a lot. Yeah, but I mean I definitely um 
he made such an impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's still here. Mm-hmm. And I think Barbu's still here. And that's just the way I believe it. And, you know, some people maybe are like, oh, that's just kind of wishful thinking. But I don't think they're ever far. No. You know, and um, I, I, it's just when you stop talking about them and you stop making them relevant, maybe they fade away. But we talk about them probably every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And then thankfully, too, like, you know, we they were so inspirational and so monumental to us growing up that we Brandon and I carry a lot of their mannerisms. So like mm-hmm. I'll do things that I catch myself that Papa used to do. Like when you slammed the door the other day, I was <laughs> so upset. You know, because he always used to tell us not to slam the garage door because it would make the pictures. Are you kidding? I went diving for that yeah, door. I'm still scared. But yeah, yeah. So. And Barbu just point blank told me she was going to haunt me. And yeah, everyone, you do, do a lot of Barbu things. Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll say something and I'll be like, who was that? Yeah. I'll be like, oh, hey, and mom. And you do the exact same things that Barbu did that made you upset when Barbu did them. And you do, they, they're identical all the time. You have no idea how weird it feels every once in a while I do something mm-hmm. and I'm like, why did I just do that? Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, mom. Yeah. You know, thanks for coming back and taking, you know, I'm all like, mm-hmm. this isn't me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's pretty weird. But yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I definitely have their mannerisms too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I thought it was awesome. And yeah. I, again, I cannot thank everybody enough for tuning in and listening to our podcast our podcast which is episode. an episode not a what was i calling it? Uh, um installment <laughs> no i did not call yes, it yes you did no addition uh, yeah addition this edition of we're in trouble now thank you for listening to our episode mm-hmm. we're in trouble I mean, no, now. No, you don't have to say an episode you can say whatever you want i don't want to put you in a box no nobody puts nobody puts me in a box i'll just but episode sounds more correct right yes okay yes i'll just chew my way out of it okay great <laughs> weird <laughs>